Three, two, one. How do I do this again? Oh, yeah. Dateline. 14th of July, 2014. Well, g'day, folks, and welcome to the Australia Desk for episode 307. And yes, uh, welcome back, Grant. Where have you been? In fact, where have I been? Well, we've all been away. <laughs> I'm glad we're back. Yes, yes. I've, I was off playing with hot air balloons in uh, rural Victoria uh, last time, so I couldn't quite make it to record. Uh, but uh, back in town and ready to go, mate. Yes, and last week, folks, I was buried by the tax man. It was the end of the financial year here, and uh, well, I'll tell you what, um, yes, it, it's fun to pretend to be a property tycoon, Grant, but then um, <laughs> then you have to do tax, and boy, sorry, so sorry, folks, but anyway, there wasn't that much news going on last week, or was there? Ah, uh, well, kind of of interest of the last week, um, there's a new aircraft in Auckland. In Auckland? Well, well, this is not the New Zealand desk, Grant, but I think it is the coolest story going around in this part of the world this week, and um, yes, a 787-9 has made its way across, and boy, does it look slick. Indeed, mate, indeed. It's all black, just like the award-winning team uh, with the uh, choreo on there. Of course, the wings are the silver white, but the fuselage is all black with the uh, silver fern, the koru on the tail, and Air New Zealand proudly displayed along the side. Now, we've been talking for a while about Air New Zealand being the launch customer for the 787-9, and uh, really cool to see that aircraft getting across here. And uh, yet another, uh, you know, feather in the cap there for Air New Zealand, and uh, they're talking about using these aircraft to replace some of their 767 services to Eastern Australia, and uh, then doing other all sorts of interesting things, including flying them to Perth. Now, Perth from Auckland is uh, a pretty long flight, Grant, so uh, I think doing it on a 787 would be a pretty nice way to do it and not only that Grant I believe uh, the seats they're using are a little bit different to some other 787s we may have seen particularly those uh, really squashy Jetstar ones (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, they are going with a nine abreast seating arrangement in economy, which is, you know, it's not as wide as some of us might like, but they have used non-catalogue seats. They uh, actually went and uh, had some uh, new Zodiac economy seats put together, and uh, they actually um, recline a little bit more than uh, a normal seat. Their, their, their upright position is actually about an inch further back than normal, so that people don't feel quite as vertical and may not have quite the urge to recline their seat as soon as they're able to do so after takeoff. So, yeah, that that makes Air New Zealand the uh, first airline to actually get a non-catalogue seat. They had to go and get it uh, verified and um, certified as being, uh, you know, with, compliant to all the regulations, but they felt it was worth the effort. Yes, and uh, I'd say it would be, Grant, and uh, for all the Dan Webbs out there in the world, they've kitted this aircraft out, according to this article that we find here in the Australian.com.au. They've kitted this aircraft out with... Uh, 18 of its premier life flat seats in a three-abreast configuration, 21 premium economy seats and 263 economy seats. So a lot of very comfy Kiwis finding their way over here in this new aircraft, Grant. Oh, mate, it could only be better than the uh, Jetstar Squeezathon. There's been a number of people that have given feedback saying they never want to fly on a 787 again, and that's primarily thanks to the 300-plus uh, that uh, Jetstar squeeze onto it. According to Boeing, the 787-9 is a 280 passenger aircraft uh, of course, already we've heard there that Air New Zealand's uh, touching that up a closer to 290. But uh, yeah, that's still a pretty good layout, and I think it's probably worth a go. It's interesting too, Grant. Uh, now I just happened to be uh, mooching around near Melbourne International Airport the other day, so couldn't resist, you know, an hour or three of uh, plane spotting. <laughs> Thanks, ATC Ben. That was awesome. And uh, <laughs> it's interesting to see, Grant, that there's uh, an increasing number of uh, 787s operating into this part of Australia. I can uh, tell you that not only will we be seeing the 787-9 from Air New Zealand. Uh, 
uh, saw VKF the other day, which would make at least six now in the fleet for Jetstar. And uh, also Brunei. Air Brunei is operating them out of here. And, of course, Air India, although we didn't see any of those the other day. But I did see a Brunei one there. And uh, coincidentally, Grant, it uh, taxied out and took off uh, right in front of a huge 777 from Air New Zealand. So uh, I tell you what, uh, they're doing good things, Air New Zealand. Yeah, well, there's going to be uh, a lot of uh, 787s hitting Australia pretty soon. Uh, The Etihad are going to have a 7879 starting up next year uh, going into Brisbane. So lots of great activity going on there. But, uh, mate, speaking of other aircraft that, uh, well, mate, I hear that there's going to be a bit of an iron something, a a bird made of iron. A bird made of iron. Grand effect, an F-35. Are you making some sort of backhanded uh, slap at the F-35 like every other commentator on Earth? Oh, no, no. I wouldn't be giving them hassles because they're grounded yet again. No, 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 no. No, this is the uh, Defence Science Technology Organisation here in Australia has been commissioned by the US to build a full-scale F-35A iron bird replica which is designed to test the effects of electromagnetic compatibility and interference. Yes, and Grant, it does look uh, very iron-like, in fact, <laughs> in uh, in this article that we see here in Air Force News, which is the publication put out every couple of weeks by the Royal Australian Air Force, a very good publication, which you can all subscribe to for free if you like. It's really good. Um, yeah, so good to see there, and it looks like uh, the uh, DSTO are really um, you know, getting out there and setting some standards when it comes to this sort of stuff. Um, I think a lot of key players in the F-35 program are really looking on to see just what they can find out from all this testing. Yeah, well, it uh, simulates electromagnetic conditions, and the idea is to see what can happen if it gets hit by lightning, uh, what other electromagnetic radiation might do to the um, the structure. And that's thus it doesn't really carry a lot on the inside, but it's uh, designed to see how well it uh, reacts to all these wonderful uh, <coughs> sources of interference that can really ruin your day when you're flying. The other good part about it is that, yes, you're right, DSTO is being recognized uh, internationally. We've, we've led the way with a number of uh, projects, including uh, extending the life of the F-111 and doing a lot of tests on their wings. I actually got to see one being tested once when I got a a tour inside the uh, DSTO a long time ago and uh, also saw them doing tests on an F-18 stabilizers. Uh, They're having lots of uh, flutter problems and a friend of mine's father was quite influential in uh, putting out the test pieces together using very large subwoofers and speakers and so on to simulate uh, the effects of flying at various angles of attack and so on Um, and the uh, the vibrations that that all set up through the system. They solved a lot of problems that uh, the F-18 had around the world and were able to give a lot of really great information back to operators, including the United States. Well, this uh, this mock-up of the F-35, dubbed the Iron Bird, was unveiled on the 3rd of July by Defence Minister David Johnson and the former Program Manager of the New Air Combat Capability, Air Vice Marshal Kim Osley. Grant, who I believe is a good friend of yours. <laughs> well, he's certainly spent a bit of time on the phone with me talking about uh, great stuff about the F-35. He's now referred to as Head Capability Transition Air Force. So uh, definitely an interesting title for him to have, but he's looking at not just the F-35, but all transitions for the Air Force. There's a number of other platforms coming along and he's looking after all of that. See, Grant, everybody you interview with the Air Force ends up getting a promotion. I mean, just have a look at the new Chief of the Defence Force, someone who, you know, Mark Binskin, you also interviewed him. So there you go, see? So just take note, Senior Air Force officers. Come and talk to us. Does it work <laughs> that way? Go. Well, it sounds good anyway. Come and have a relaxed, laid-back chat with us and who knows what that'll do for your career. It looks like so far, it's a win. That's right. Well, speaking of chatting, I think that's enough for this week from this part of the world. We'll come back and chat with you next week. Until then, I'm Steve Vischer. And I'm Grant McCarran. Cheers, folks.